Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hey, welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer in Columbus, 94.5 in Dayton. Up next, GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, Ohio's native son. We're going to talk about the World Economic Forum. We're going to talk about his race for the White House. But first, we have with us State Representative Beth Lear. Now, she's a Republican from Galena. Uh, which is where I used to live before I moved to Mansfield, right in that area, actually, Delaware County is where I lived. And uh, without further ado, I want to bring her in. Uh, Representative Lear, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you doing this afternoon? Great. Super busy. We're in budget season and we're at the height of it, so things are crazy down in Columbus, but thanks for giving me a chance to talk with you. Hey, it's always an honor to talk with you, and I'm grateful that you're spending some of your afternoon with us. Uh, I was going to go a different direction, but I'm going to start off here quickly. I I received a text yesterday from State Senator Andrew Brenner, and it said that Senate Bill 92 passed 25 to 8. Now, that would create an August special election uh, that would allow voters uh, to pass that 60 percent threshold uh, amendment in order to amend the state constitution. Democrats and Republican Manning voted against it. Uh, Dems are against an August election, but yet they still favor elections in August for emergency levies, interestingly. So, uh, Representative Lear, it looks like this is going to go to the House. Are we going to see a special election in August that will give Ohioans the chance uh, to cut off uh, in advance uh, what seems like a mounting momentum for this abortion amendment? Are we going to see an opportunity in August to say, hey, in order to amend the Constitution, you got to do it at 60%? Well, I'm going to be a politician for one second, and before I answer your question, I want to say something else. Congratulations to you and Whitney on your marriage. <laughs> Thank you. I hope she's listening because I know that she's going to be tickled. I, I outkicked my coverage, is, is what we used to say in football. Uh, I did way better than I should have. I, I, I don't know what she's thinking, but I'm, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. I'm blessed, and <laughs> thank you for your well wishes. Well, it's a pleasure to be able to see that happen for you and your daughter. It's great. But to your question, um, wow, I pray so. I don't know that that will happen. I mean, you saw the press um, in January. You know that deals were cut um, between our current speaker and the 34 Democrat members. And you know that one of those things that multiple media sources reported was on the chopping block was a 60% requirement to pass amendments to our Constitution. And the abortion issue is huge to me. This is not an abortion amendment. This amendment on the fall ballot 
um, would take away the rights of parents to determine whether or not to allow a child to get an abortion or a sex change or medications to attempt to change their gender. So this is giving a lot of power to pedophiles and abusers and people like that if we can't change the Constitution and require 60% plus one. And the August election is key because if we put the 60% amendment on the ballot at the same time as this anti-parent, anti-child abortion amendment, we can't affect that amendment. That amendment could pass with 51% of the vote. And then if we also win the 60%, then we can't undo it. Mm -hmm. And it also means that the $25 an hour minimum wage that they want to put on the ballot in the next year or two um, to go beyond the $15 an hour minimum wage they're putting on this fall will be in consideration. And legalizing marijuana and changing the way we draw our districts to make sure that we have more Democrats in the House and Senate. So there's a lot uh, on the line, and we have no guarantees because the Speaker is playing games. It's interesting to me. One of the arguments that I hear is, you know, the big bad wolf might be out in the woods, but, you know, is not in my neighborhood. No, he's not. He's not at the door. He's crossed the threshold. He's in the house. Uh, I, I literally we just had this conversation uh, before you with our guest. And, you know, we've written extensively about what's going on in some Ohio schools. And you're not making this up. The reality is there are schools who are already saying, hey, we're going to crowd out the parents' right to decide whether we're going to socially transition Johnny or Susie. And if we make this ambiguous decision that the parents may not receive well that student's decision to transition, then we're going to keep it from the parents. Hey, the big bad wolf is in the house. This is, you know, and and so this type of ambiguity that goes into the Constitution, to me, it just further facilitates um, kids who don't have developed prefrontal cortex uh, brains to be able to, on a whim and under maybe social and uh, peer pressure, t- to make a, a life-altering decision. Uh, this is real. And I, w- one of the red herrings I'm hearing, Representative, from Jason Stevens originally, maybe he's changed his tune, that's my next question for you, is, hey, you know, we just voted against these special elections. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of money. We just we just don't want to do it. What do you say to that? And what is, is Stevens still... Uh, pipe in that tune. Well, I, I remember the quote, we don't want to willy-nilly change things. Um, well, the good news for me is I wasn't here when they eliminated the special election in August. I understand not wanting to have that as an every year thing when we don't put much on the ballot except an opportunity for people who want more taxpayer dollars to put a levy there So for emergency use, as Senator Brenner explained this morning at a meeting in Westerville Chamber of Commerce, that still exists for emergency use. The lives of the unborn are an emergency. Um, Trying to raise our minimum wage to $25, stopping that, that's an emergency. And protecting Ohio from marijuana being uh, considered something that you can use for everyday use, recreational use, that's an emergency. So I don't have a problem with us uh, giving citizens the opportunity to vote on things like that in August. 
um, but it continues to be something that some of the members here in the House are using it as an excuse for not wanting to move forward with this. And, and babies are on the line, and they don't care. So my understanding is that uh, the Phil Plummer now-led uh, committee uh, did pass out that um, resolution that would require 60% to amend the Constitution. Um, so that, along with the special election, I mean, is this going to happen? I know I'm putting you on the spot again. Are, are we going to have a vote in the House on the 60% resolution, and are we going to see the House come together and say, yep, we're going to have a special election in August? I, I just I, I want you to cover that again. It's super important. I, I can't think of anything more important than twenty to 30,000 unborn lives every year. Well, I don't believe we are going to, but I hope I'm wrong, and I hope I get to come back and talk to you or Bruce Hooley and say, I'm so glad I was wrong. I'm so glad they brought that issue up and we passed it and we have a chance to vote. But there are enough people who've made enough promises to the Democrat 34 um, that I don't know that we're going to get enough folks to say, yes, I'm going to vote for that. And so people know we only need 50. We don't even, I don't even know if we need 50 because we have only 90 seven members of the House right now. But we need around 50 to pass uh, the August election bill. We have to have 60 or 59 possibly to pass HJR 1, which changes the requirements for the constitutional amendments to 60%. So we have two different thresholds that we have to meet, but we first have to have someone who's willing to bring them to the floor and as of this moment, I don't believe that HJR1, even though it passed committee, has even been taken up by rules and reference, let alone given a position on the calendar. There's the music, which means we're almost out of time. State Representative Beth Lear, Republican from Galena. Hey, I'll be back in a few weeks. Uh, I want to have you back then because there's this thing called lawfare, and I want to talk with you about it then. Thanks for joining us on 98.9 FM, The Answer Today. Back after the break. All right, welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor filling in for Bruce Hooley, and what a delight. I hope you're listening. I hope you're ready, because on the line right now, we have... Oh, okay, great. On the line momentarily, we will have uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, and uh, he is a Republican candidate for President of the United States in 2024, and uh, we'll go through his uh, pedigree. Now, he has written uh, several books. He's the author of Woke, Inc. and Nation of Victims. Um, also, Capitalist Punishment is another uh, dandy that he's written. Um, he founded a biopharmaceutical company, Royvent Sciences, in 2014, and, you know, he's been speaking out against this whole stakeholder capitalism thing and uh, big tech censorship. Now, we've talked a little bit this morning about big tech censorship and the Twitter files and what Elon Musk has done at Twitter since buying the company. And it's pretty staggering to think about 
the FBI essentially riding sidecar with Twitter and saying, hey, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at that. Maybe we need to rip this down or take that down. Or, I mean, in essence, I, I don't know how you call it anything other than what it appears to be, which is uh, censorship of, of free speech and political speech. Uh, Vivek has also uh, spoken out against critical race theory. And, uh, you know, we've in Ohio, for example, the Ohio Press Network, uh, we, with one of our syndication partners, republished several stories uh, over the past four months where folks undercover uh, pretending to be parents of students that were potentially going to enroll at schools. They were undercover in Cleveland and Columbus and Cincinnati and the Toledo area and the Dayton area. And they discovered that critical race theory is absolutely being taught. And critical race theory, by the way, is uh, is just that. It began as a legal theory and it essentially is a divisive concept that pits races against each other. And what they found in these undercover investigations is that these schools are saying, well, hey, you know, if critical race theory is a lightning rod that it that attracts a ton of attention, negative attention, and, and maybe even legislation, then we'll just call it something else. And we're going to do it anyway. We'll just, we'll call it something else. And, you know, we'll redirect or, uh, I don't know, try to smoke and mirrors our way out of the conversation with parents and that's essentially what they what they found and uncovered in in all of these uh, areas: Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Dayton, Toledo, so on and so forth. And Vivek has has spoken out uh, against that and talked about the perils of it, you know. And I had a chance to talk with him uh, a couple of months ago. Hey, has it been two months? Time flies when you're having fun, particularly as you're ramping up for uh, a uh, presidential race, but. In, in talking with him, he is very passionate about a couple of things. And, and the first thing is, look, he's, he's America first and he's, he's pro-America. And a lot of people have ask, asked him, well, you know, what about President Trump? And Vivek seems to be a fan of President Trump and actually has said, well, in order to put America first, we really need to rediscover what America is and who we are as a country and who we are as a people and what that common ground looks like. It's hard work. It's valuing a constitutional Republic. Like we are a nation of laws. We are a nation of rules. We're not a nation of lawlessness. We're not a nation of, you know, two different tracks where if you're a progressive, then you have one set of rules by which you can live. And if you're a conservative, you have a second set of rules that govern your everyday life. But we have to remember that capitalism is a good thing. It allows somebody born with dreams and ambitions and talents and gifts to go work hard and to create something called the American dream and to essentially go to a level or a place that you dream and desire of. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to go as high as somebody else and that's okay, but you get to choose that. Maybe you have balance in your life and you say, hey, I'm going to work eight hours today other people may say, I want to work 16 hours, so I'm going to go after it. I'm going to go hard at this. I'm going to, I'm going to create something that supplies for my family and my children and their children's children, right? I mean, that's really what kind of what we're called to do. And America has been the place that we've been able to do that. And 
I don't know if Vivek is. Uh, he might have been. He might have been caught up in a meeting, and uh, we we may miss him today. But listen, I will be back with you in May, and so we will have Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, you know, come Hades or high water, we're going to get him uh, at some point, and uh, we'll have him on the air. But at any rate, um, Jeff, do we have him? Oh, we've got him. Okay. we uh, Look, we're going to go there right now because we have just about two minutes. Uh, so Vivek Ramaswamy, he is a candidate, a Republican candidate for president of the United States in 2024. We've got like two minutes, and I just can't wait to bring you on. So Vivek, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you doing this afternoon? Good to be on. How are you? Hey, super fantastic. I'm sorry um, that that we missed, but look, you've got uh, about a minute and a half. I'm going to shut okay. up, and I'm going to let we'll you... We'll go quick. <laughs> I know. I... Well, my apologies, because we're running around in this campaign, but I'll tell you, I'm I'm hopeful for our country, more hopeful than I've ever been. We just got off of a 10-county bus tour in New Hampshire, taking that same bus to Iowa for another tour across the state next week. And I just think that there's this, narrative that both parties buy into right now that we're a nation in decline. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to be. I think we're a little young going through our version of adolescence, growing up to figure out who we really are. And yes, there's a lot wrong in our country, but I'm look, I'm the first millennial candidate to ever run for U.S. president as a Republican. I'm doing it now. I am hopeful for rediscovering our national identity and if we do that, I think we're going to be in great shape. So that's what keeps me going every day. About a minute here. Let me ask you, you're out on the trail. You're talking to a lot of people, shaking a lot of hands. What's the narrative on the right side of the aisle? And is what you value, uh, is it being talked about? And are you shaping and crafting uh, that narrative and that message as we lead into the 24 primary? The answer is yes, right? If, if we go in and ask people a survey, right, what issues are on your mind, there will be a diverse range of issues. But when I state what's on my mind, which is our missing national identity as Americans, that's when I get the most affirmation from the crowds back to say, yes, it's that, because that's fundamental to reviving our economy. You want GDP growth? You need to revive your self-confidence as a nation. You want to stand up to China? You need to revive your self-confidence as a nation. If you want national unity, we need to revive the ideals that set the nation into motion, not just celebrating our diversity and our differences. We can't forget the ways that we're bound together as one people by a common set of ideals. And so I debated Don Lemon on CNN yesterday on the air. I was talking to a room full of kids at Ohio State, college students at Ohio State last night back here in Columbus. And I think that the more we're able to rediscover that national identity that we're missing, the easier it is going to be to solve these other problems. That's the heart of my campaign. And my sense is people are hungry for that. And I'm motivated by the energy that I'm getting from the crowds that we're, that we're reaching. And so I am optimistic about where we're headed, but it's going to be.